Amen. 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 Come on. Jesus. I, I tell you what, um, what I've been doing is uh, in Africa, uh, we built a team of people. And I just sat down for like five, uh, like four of, I think we had like six sessions. And I sat down for like every single session just hearing the fire of God that are in some of these men out in Africa. I'm, I'm telling you, they're, it's a whole nother dimension. I, I was sitting there under one teaching, uh, uh, Bishop Peter Oyet, um, and if you ever watch the transformation videos, he's the pastor who tore up Uganda. So I'm sitting there like, okay, this guy... He went into another dimension of just word of knowledge. And he started calling people out by their name. And, you know, he's from Uganda. And Nigerian names are, like, totally different than Ugandan names. So he's like, uh, uh, Ophelia. And then he's like, Ogoboga. And then he's like, they were like, Ogoboga. And they were like, yeah. And it was like, they are like, yeah, that's me. And then people were just running out. I was like, this guy's on a whole other dimension. And, and... <laughs> And just to see the giftings and, and just the, the uh, uh, really uh, God sent me on assignment basically to, um, to break a, an orphan spirit um, and to bring a culture of honor. And, um, you know, I really shared over there on 1 Corinthians 12 where it says that no member, no member, big or small, should be dishonored. And, you know, I, I mentioned something there in passing. I said, when we live a culture of honor, we'll notice the kings and queens sitting in the pews. And God will begin to do something that is so amazing. People will begin to rise up, you know, the, the hidden gems that are in the pews will begin to shine. Because now we'll have a perspective that God has and not some manly humanistic perspective. Just letting people sit down and not 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 really seeing who they are so oh jesus and it just became a powerful announcement there that uh the first night we had about 25 pastors when the power of god hit the pastors there's nothing like an encounter with jesus i tell you uh there's been a lot of uh, somebody told me and said if you get 10 pastors together in lagos uh that'll be amazing so me and this brother just got into prayer. My, my, my friend, his name is Richard Bolaji, amazing man of God. We just say, you know what? We're, we're just believing God to fill up these 250 chairs here with pastors. Not with, not with, you know, just with pastors. So the first day we had about 25 pastors. We were like, okay, we're breaking through. <laughs> if you can gather 10, <laughs> this is awesome, you know. We had a bishop come in. He said, you gather 25? That's amazing, you know. And just this, uh, uh, we, were, we were really breaking a Rachel and Leah spirit, you know, competition. How many babies can you have? How many babies can I have? You know, this whole competition spirit. And, you know, and we were just like, you know, let, let's just break that. Let's just work together as the body. That day uh, when I spoke about the culture of honor, uh, they had two uh, pastors who were well-known there. I, I didn't know who they were, but, uh, you know, Daddy knew who they were. So, you know, I, I just called them out, and, you know, I said, you know, you've been asking God for certain things, and they just fell out under the power of God. And uh, after that happened, I didn't know it was being broadcast and all this other stuff. After that happened, the next day we had 150 pastors show up. 
for five days and for six days straight, we kept filling the house, filling the house, filling the house. People just kept talking about it. It kept spreading around Lagos. They said, you have to go here. We had pastors who pastored churches of 3,000 or more sitting up in there and just falling out on the presence of God, just laying down in the pulpit, just asking God for mercy, asking God to just fill them up. They needed a refill, and they received their refill. And it was so awesome for me to meet such amazing men of God and to be sitting under their teachings. And uh, I sat under Dr. Ampia Kofi from Ghana. He has, he has one of the biggest churches out there. And that man tore me up. He was so on fire. I said, God, I said, if we bring fire like this to America, something's going to happen. It, it was, hey, Jesus. It was just, it was just, it was just an amazing, and, and he was so soft-spoken. I said, I said, Lord, this guy, he's so soft-spoken, but when he got up on that microphone, I thought a lion was let loose. And come to find out, they call him, you know, the lion of Ghana, you know. And so, you know, he just began to speak in tongues. And then there was a mass deliverance service happening with the pastors. And it was just like, hey, he's like, bring him up, bring him up. And they were just dragging pastors, falling out under the power of God up front. And I was just like, what's going on? <laughs> like Jesus, you know. And it was just like so powerful. It was such an encounter, so amazing what God is doing. And I believe God brought me over there. Sometimes we don't want to dig the trenches, you know. We, we want everything to come easy. You know, we're so used to that in the Western culture. We're so used to microwave Christianity. That's what I call it. You know, and we're just like, yeah, you know, Jesus, yeah, we just feel it and then just go home. You know, but real transformation has to start happening when we're really in the presence of God and not just having visitation, but having habitation and then walking out of this place with so much God in us that wherever we go, God invades the space. So, you know, it's not just doing church, it's being church. And then, and then we, have to, we have to walk out of here with a whole different experience, you know. So, you know, it, it, just today I want to share something in passing. And, um, and, and I just love our pastor. I love our worship team. I love this house. It's just so good to be home, you know. Very laid back. <laughs> and I can come here and just be me. Amen? Well, I want to open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. Really quick. And I know that... Uh, uh, Chip had, had touched up on some of these things, and he just sparked up something in me that day. He spoke about the fire. I was like, whoa, you know. And so um, what God's been doing, I believe, is he's building a team of people who will go and bring revival. He's equipping people, okay? And, and you know, in chapter 17, if you look at that, Elijah's in the desert. You know, and um, some people don't like desert experience, but I'd like to tell you that in the desert, you get equipped in the desert. You learn how to fight the lion and the bear. So you learn how to take out giants. Come on now. In, in the desert, you, you start getting equipped. Right. Jesus got equipped in the desert. I mean, David got equipped in the desert. You know, when you start getting equipped in the desert, God speaks to you clearly and you begin to understand, OK, now. You know, it's time for us to start moving in what we're called to move in. So in, in 1 Kings 18, verse 1, 
Let's read this really quick. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on earth. Verse 2. And Elijah went to show himself to Ahab for there was a severe famine in Samaria. Now, when I read this, the first thing I said was, okay, God told him to confront Ahab and not Jezebel. See, it wasn't in prophets. It's never in prophets to confront the queen. It's in the prophet to confront the king. So it wasn't his assignment by God to confront Jezebel. Jezebel, yes, was a wicked woman, but it wasn't in his assignment to confront Jezebel. It was in his assignment to confront Ahab. And at first when I read this, I said, okay, he gave a word. He did not give a word. God said, present yourself. Sometimes with your very presence, just with you showing up, I'm talking to somebody here, just with you showing up, the very presence will announce what's coming next. You know, we, we, we need people to carry presence. So when you walk into some place, people know and it's announced to them, revival's coming. He, you know, you're not announcing judgment. You're not announcing Jezebel's falling next week. You're not over there. You know, there's all good at spiritual warfare. But there's something in some warfare in your presence. You know, there's a warfare called presence. And you just, you just show up to the place. And people are like, why do you just show up here, you know? What are you doing? You're not supposed to be here, right? You just show up. And then the presence of God will confront and announce right there, there's rain coming. There's rain coming. Amen? So I'd like to announce here today that there is an announcement in the spiritual realm. Uh, hey, there's rain coming. There, there might be famine in America now. But there's revival coming, and we need people to get into the revival. The presence of revival is in you. The announcement is in you. It's in every person who has an encounter with Jesus. And as soon as you get that announcement inside of you, wherever you go, there will be a divine announcement to every spiritual wickedness that rain is coming now. Come on. So, you know, as I, as I looked at this, I said, you know, when, when he confronts the king, he runs into somebody named Obadiah. And Obadiah is sort of like the middleman between the king and, and him. And Obadiah is like, I'm a governor. And then Obadiah automatically, the word Obadiah, by the way, means one who fears God. So Obadiah is there. He's sort of like the pastoral ministry because Obadiah automatically notices who Elijah is and he falls to his face. And he says, you know what, um, look, listen, I don't have any trouble with you. Because he knew the announcement that was about to come would probably bring trouble. But it wasn't about to bring trouble. There was about to bring something else to the land. There was a famine. There was three years of famine. Now, James is the only one who gives the revelation of how the famine came. If you read the book of First Kings, you only see that there was a decree made and that the famine came. But if you read the book of James, chapter 5, you see that he prayed earnestly and it rained for, it did not rain for a space of three and a half years. So there was a prayer there. There's intercessory prayer that is happening. And I like to announce here in Harvest Renewal Church, every Monday when you're over here, there's something happening that you're doing and you're beginning to release something in the spirit. Amen? Now, what we don't know is that in famine, God is preparing 
people in the midst of the famine. Like I said, in the midst of the desert, in the midst of dry places, there are people being prepared. You see Obadiah, he runs into him, and Obadiah says, Hey, look, listen, I got a hundred prophets hidden. Fifty in one cave, fifty in another, and I've been feeding them bread and water. Isn't that something? When there was famine and there was no bread and there was no water, there was Obadiah there feeding them bread and water. He had them hidden. I like to announce here today that there are hidden prophets in this house who God has been feeding bread and water, but I'm announcing there will be rain. There will be rain. That means you don't have to stay in the cave anymore. Come on now. There's some prophets here today that have been in the cave for a long time. And they'd be like, just shadada, I want to get out. I want to get out. Come on. Come on. Come on. And, you know, and I love that we have ministries here. You know, I trump this place all the time. Everywhere I go, I trump about this place. I talk about, I talk about you guys like, man, you don't even know. I get, you know, I give trophies to everybody here. I just like, yeah, this place is so amazing, you know. And I tell them, I say, man, we got about 70 prophets sitting up in there just waiting, ready to get loose, you know. And so, you know, we have Nicole sitting there training them, giving them bread and water. And they're just like, let me out, let me out, let me out. Amen. But don't, 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 (laughs) don't, don't get confused. God loves process. And process is the gift that God gives us. And preparation is the gift that God gives us so we can know how to confront certain things. And when, 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 when you go through process and you're getting, fre- you're getting fed bread and water in the middle of the desert, God is showing you how to have faith and how to increase yourself in him as opposed to increasing yourself in yourself. And God begins to tell, show you that there's something inside of you that, that nobody else has. And as you, as you begin to go, you begin to understand that there's diversity of gifts and that we're here to complement each other, not to compete with each other. And, and, and you know, if, if you know how to do word of knowledge better than I do, well, praise God. I want you on my team. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, there's something about teams that, that equips the saints. And, and it's like uh, Paul puts it this way. He said the joints. You know, they're feeding each other. You know, the joints have, have, have different uh, nutrients and glucosamine. And when you have that, if you don't have the joints feeding each other, it's arthritis. Are you listening? So that means spiritual arthritis happens when there's this one-man shows. You know, because, you know, I always said, I said this in Africa. I said the one-man shows are for the desert. You know, it's just Moses, you know, in the desert. Then Moses is like, you know, I can't carry this on my own. I need 70 more to carry this with me. And then they, they went out, but there was two, because number two is the number of agreement. There was two that stood outside of the camp and started prophesying. And they were bothered by that. They were like, whoa, okay, these guys are supposed to be in protocol, sitting in the tabernacle right there. They're not supposed to be outside. But God said, he, you know, Moses said, he said, look, listen, are you jealous for me? I wish that we were all prophets so we can carry this thing outside of the tabernacle, go out there to the streets of Richmond and begin to do what God called us to do. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> That's excitement right there. You know, the Holy Spirit's enthusiastic, right? 
Get some excitement in us. Amen. I, I like that. I like that. Amen. That's what it's all about. Revival is not just sitting in the church and be like, whoa, we got something good today. Now we can go out and be like, yeah, you know, it was so good in church. No, revival is when you're like, whoa, something good happened. I'm going out there to show other people what's happening in here. Because it's not happening in here. It's happening in here. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. So listen, listen, listen. <laughs> it, the, the thing is that God wants God wants to reveal to us who we are. And, and during this time of revelation, God is, is, is also he's he's concealing for a little while, but now he's revealing. And I believe that this is the age of revealing because it, it, there's been a lot of concealment for a long time and the church has been under attack. And we've been seeing wickedness all over the United States. And how do we confront this wickedness? Building a team. <laughs> Elijah said, you know what? He said, okay, you got some, some prophets hidden, 50 over here, 50 over there. And, and you're feeding them bread and water. And I loved it. And I, I, I put it together with Jesus. When, when, when they announced to him that John the Baptist was killed, who had the spirit of Elijah, and who he was killed by... Herodias, who had the spirit of Jezebel, Jesus said, okay, let me just feed, uh, let me just feed some people and I'm going to put them in, 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 in fifties. Let me feed some hidden prophets in Israel. And while I feed them, I'm preparing them for the next wave of the anointing. Cause what's about to happen on the day of Pentecost is going to release the hidden prophets. Can I get an amen? Somebody. So there's something about just just at the very time of process, just getting fed the word of God, getting fed the word of God, getting fed and getting fed. But we're not here to get fed, to get fat. No offense to anybody. We're, we're, you know, spiritually, we're not here to just be spiritual gluttons. We're not lakes. We're not stagnant. We're not, we're not just waters there in one place. We are rivers of living water. They're flowing through us. That means we're conduits for the presence of God. And wherever we go, God should show up. All right? So Elijah, he deals with the king directly. But when he goes there, it's an announcement. And the announcement is the famine's over. Look at your neighbor say, the famine's over. The, the announcement, when he shows up, the announcement says, it's over. Wherever there was dry places, there will be water coming now. It's over. I'm announcing that in America, you might see some dry places, but I decree in 2016 that there will be a move of the Spirit so much between 2016 and 2020, hidden prophets will arise and they'll announce it's over. It's, you have to announce it. You have to tell them the rain is coming. Because if you don't tell them the rain is coming, it will never come. But the minute that you announce it, all of a sudden things are released in heaven. And God says, I need to move. Hey, Jesus. The rain is coming. Everybody's all in this doom and gloom prophecy.
prophecy and talking about the, I'm talking about awakening in America today. We need a divine appointment in our spirits. And see, this is why I'm here today. I believe I'm here today to pass you your assignment papers. I'm giving you assignment papers to go announce that the rain is coming. Announce that the rain is coming. And before the rain came, just like Chip said the other time, he said before the rain came, he had to rebuild the altar. You know, rebuilding the altar, it was 12 stones, which signifies the 12 tribes of Israel. That was the real government of Israel. It wasn't a kingly government. It wasn't the government that was placed by man. It was a real government that God had created through the 12 tribes of Israel. He called them to be priests. He called them to be kings. And he he said the real government must be put back in place. And I decree in this house that the real government, which is called the church here in America, will rise up again and be restored and do what it has to do. See, I got two or three amens over here and one hallelujah over here. How many believe that? God is calling us. I came with something different, Pastor. I'm sorry. Hey, wait, we're moving. <laughs> Woo. So he said, you know, let me rebuild the altar. Let me put this back together, the government. Let me put it back together and show them what real government looks like. It's heavenly government. It's the kingdom of heaven here on earth. It's the kingdom of heaven here on earth. It's the kingdom of heaven here on earth. It's us operating in kingdom authority. You know, for my friend, uh, my prophet, prophet from Peru, my friend Roger, he said something so divine and so awesome the other day. He said, you know, the church for a long time had been training people to be priests, but not kings. So everybody's a priest, man. I mean, they move in the spirit. They do things in the spirit. But we haven't learned to have governmental authority on earth. On earth. And in Revelations 5, in Revelations 5, Jesus announced that we were kings and priests, but he said also so we can rule and reign on earth. So things should be moving differently here in America. But I'm announcing today that the rain is coming. The rain is coming. You know, real revival culture is not just going, okay, yeah, this is a good move today. We had a good service, good, good job, praise God. And we forget everything that happened, and we go back to living life the way it is usual. And that's what's been going on for a long time in the church of America. People have just been usual. And we've gotten so used to the cloud by day and the fire by night. And we've gotten so used to the tabernacle and Moses coming down off the mountain. We've gotten so used to the presence, but yet we haven't gotten used to getting the presence and carrying it out there. And so the real, the real assignment that we have, we haven't been doing it. And I'm here to announce it. I'm bold as ever because I'm part of this also. And so, so God, God really stirred me up in Africa, and he told me, he said, you know, to carry this torch, to carry this lamp, it can't be hidden inside of four walls of a church. It needs to go out. That's why I bless Artem and his ministry, because they're not afraid to walk out there and just prophesy to anybody on the street. There might, you might meet somebody. You know, it was a, it was, it was a divine word. It was a divine word of knowledge through the prophetic stream 
that caught a woman in Samaria. There was a famine in Samaria even during Jesus' time. And it wasn't, it wasn't a famine of, of water and bread. It was a famine of spiritual awakening. And yet he tells the disciples, you don't go into Samaria. Because he already had one prepared for Samaria. And when he found this woman, he released a word of knowledge that tore her life up. She didn't know what to do. She left everything behind. She ran into Samaria and said, come and see this man. And revival started in Samaria. Through one word of knowledge. Through a woman who didn't know anything about Jesus. So I announce, Artem, that you'll go out there and run into people just like the Samaritan woman. And when you give that word of knowledge, they'll go running and start revival all through VCU. Are we bold enough to do what God called us to do? Are we listening? Are we listening to God to do what he called us to do? And then, and then, and then Elijah goes even deeper. He said, you know what? Let's get some, let's get, let's get a sacrifice here. There's a, there's a famine, but I want to go ahead and grab the biggest cow you have. And let's cut them up in pieces. Let's put some wood on there. That talks about sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. We know what Jesus did on the cross. He sacrificed. But there's some things that we need to sacrifice too. There's some things we need to put down sometimes just to hear God. There's some things we need to let go of just so we can get closer to what he's talking about. Because there's a move of God that God is announcing and we're, we're not close enough to hear what is being announced. Because we're so distracted with so many things here in America. We're distracted with everything that is technology, Facebook, Twitter. We have every medium in the world to contact each other, but no medium to contact God. Can I be real with you? Okay, so, so, so the Holy Spirit is announcing to us today that it is time for us to give some sacrifice. And what that means is, you know, when you talk about Azusa Street and talk about all these people, these people laid on their face for days. They laid on their face for days, hearing the presence of God and just seeing what God was announcing. And when God said, go, they went and did it. And so this is a time right now where there should be greater glory, greater works. But it seems like, as somebody told me in Africa, and I was ashamed to even hear it, they said, you know, it seems like everything died out in America. We used to have revival. And I told them, I said, no, there's some hidden prophets in my church. I said, there's some people you have not heard of that you will hear of. I don't know if that's you. Yes. There's some people you'll hear of. And then God, God says, you know, and Elijah says something even weirder. He said, now get me the thing that, that was most scarce during that time. Get me four gallons, four jars of water. Huh? So you get four jars of water. Now, number four is very significant. You know, I like to look at it. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and then the church. The number four is so significant. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels. They announce who Jesus is. And the number four, but then fill it up with water. Fill it up with the Word. Fill it up with the Word. The Spirit of God flowing through the Word. 
Now pour it on the sacrifice. Pour it on the government that God has created. Pour it all over the place. And before that, let's dig some trenches. You know, I believe that trench digging is intercessory prayer. There's not a lot of intercessors. Some people are afraid to get into intercessory prayer. You call a prayer meeting and there's like 10 people showed up out of 100. But those 10 will do 80% of what those 100 should be doing. Why? Because they're digging trenches. Deep calls unto deep. And in order, for, in order for the Spirit and the Word to really flow, we need trenches in the house so like that it can get filled up and people can come and lick and drink from those trenches. So, so we need intercessory prayer. We need people to be moving in prayer. And so the next thing that he does, he says, okay, now I'm just going to call out to God for the fire. So before the rain comes fire. And the fire of God comes down and consumes everything. And that word when it says, and it licked up the water. I love it. That word is evaporated. Evaporated. If you look at the water that was there, if it evaporated, that evaporation went up into the heavens. And I'd like to look at it that when, when water down here on earth is consumed in such a way, it goes up into the heavens scientifically, usually it releases a cloud. So as, 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 as I looked at this, I began to understand that he was not only announcing that rain was coming, but he had to do something before the rain came. In order to initiate this prophetic revival culture, there has to be things done before it comes. You can announce it, but are you doing the things that are necessary to make sure that it comes? And as he begins to go into that, that, that anointing, he goes into a mountaintop and he gets into the presence of God and puts his head between his knees and begins to pray. He begins to pray and release. He says, you know, God, I just announced that there was rain coming. It better come. It better come. But it takes him to go, and he sends his servant. He's like, go check and see if the rain is coming. Go check and see if the rain is coming. I announced that there are people here today that are still looking out for the rain. Hey, I need people in this house who can look and say, where, where, where's the cloud? Where's the cloud? Where's the cloud? Be in anticipation. Be in expectation to see a move of God. Every Sunday you come here, you should be looking up for the cloud. Why? Because the presence of God will not hold back if there's anticipation and there's expectation so as 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 he does this there comes a cloud and it's not a big cloud it's not all that jesus whoa you know It's, it's not something that will emotionally charge you it's just something small enough that you can see it and go whoa okay there it is there it is there it is. <laughs> hey, Jacob Asata. There it is. It's small enough for you to see it, but it carries enough weight for you to know what's coming next. Come on, Jesus. It, 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 there's, there, there's it, you know, sometimes we look and we, we, we despise when we see small beginnings. 
but yet you don't know what's carried inside of that small cloud. It's about to tear up something, a revival that you've never seen before, and you're despising the small thing, but yet inside of that small thing, it's about to release something so big over Richmond. I decree it in this house that here, even though this small church they didn't know about before in Harvest Renewal, this is a small cloud with something big inside of it to release revival all through Virginia. You know, you know, Jesus said, he said, I've given you power to get Jerusalem, right? Judea. Samaria, you know, Samaria, we don't want to go there. It's where all the prostitutes and crazy people are, you know. You know, we don't want to go to Samaria. Everybody wants to stay out of Samaria. But, you know, I, I've called you to Samaria. And then he gives you the legal right after those three places, give you legal right to go to nations. You got authorization to go to the nations. And when you get out to the nations, so many people want to go to the nations, but they haven't learned to do Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria yet. You know, when I started preaching, and nobody gave me a pulpit. I had a megaphone, and I went to the parks. That's where I started my evangelistic preaching. I started in the parks. Repent. Come to Jesus. He loves you. Everybody. Hey, deliverance. Where did I do my first deliverance service? was in Central Park in New York City. It was a man who need, he, he, he was freezing. He didn't have a coat. I put a coat on him. He got delivered and started running all through the park screaming, Jesus is Lord. My first deliverance service was on the streets. <laughs> Are we exemplifying the Father's heart when we stay caught up in our own little shell and we don't do what God called us to do? And, and then, and then, and then we, we go on. Now listen, listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this and then we'll close. As soon as the rain starts coming down, as soon as the cloud appears, the, the Bible says that the, everything turned black in the heaven, which means that a great storm was coming. Elijah knew immediately that he had to run. It, it wasn't no, it was, it was just like what my friend did right here. You know, it was, you know, it wasn't no walk, you know, you know, we're very passive in America. We're just like, yeah, you know, Jesus, praise God, you know, very passive, very laid back. And I said, that's good in itself. But then there's a time where God announces it's time to run. Because you got to outrun Ahab's chariot. You have to outrun wickedness. We have to outrun everything that Satan has tried to put here in the church and in America today. And when I say they're prophets who will outrun the wickedness. Because they'll make it to the city before he does so they can announce what's about to happen. I'm here to announce to you that each one of you will outrun wickedness if you begin to get into the presence of God. You know, Graham Cook said something powerful. I was listening to him the other day. He said, he said the Old Testament was visitation, the New Testament was habitation. You know, and, and, and so we're so used to God visiting. And we're so used to visiting church. That we forgot about the scripture in Psalms 91. And I keep telling people in Psalms 91, when, when, when Peter realized 
I believe, in my spirit, when Peter realized what Psalms 91 was, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. When, when, when Peter, I believe that Peter, when he realized that scripture, his shadow changed. Because the dwelling in God's habitation, dwelling, when you're in there, the dwelling changes everything around you and everything you are. You, you come and you encounter your real persona in heaven. And your personality here on, on earth begins to change. Because guess what happens now? Jesus Christ, the Almighty, is living in you, and you're seated in Him. And then all of a sudden, everything around you begins to change. And people are like, okay, what are you carrying? Why are you so joyful? And then you have the opportunity to impact them so they can encounter Christ in you. So I like to announce that as soon as he did this, he went crying for a little while in, in, in 1 Kings 19. After he, he done called down fire and killed so many prophets of Baal. And then he went and then he outrun Ahab. Then he got a message and it made him go back to the desert. He goes to a cave and then God says, okay, listen. It was good. The one man show was good. But now it's time to build a team. Now it's time to build a team. Matter of fact, I have 700 people more down there who are ready. And as soon as rain was announced, they popped up. Are you listening? That's my admin. But listen, as soon as rain was announced, the famine was over. There are 700 people more who have not bowed the knee to Baal. They haven't done that because guess what? They've been waiting for rain. They've been waiting for a sign. They've been waiting for this move of God. And listen, 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 listen. Now close with this. Without rain, there's no Elisha. Where did he find them? Tilling the soil. If the soil did not have rain on it, he would have never been tilling it. The rain begins to grow a prophetic generation. Who will take on wickedness. A team is built during the rain. They came out of the woodworks. Jehu, Hazael, Elisha came out of the woodworks after the rain came down. They began to, God said, now go and get them. And I'm announcing here today that some of you Jehus and Hazaels and some of you Elishas, that God is anointed. There's even some Obadiahs here and there's some hidden prophets that God has anointed here in Richmond to rise up. To rise up. Rise up. You never know who you are until you confront. You never know who you are until you confront. Let's stand to our feet. I hope what I said today resounds in your spirit. And that something will stir up within you to begin to move for God.
And you know, you don't need to be a preacher to move for God. You don't need to be a preacher. God is calling people into the business realm. No, into the business realm. Just like you, man of God. Into the business realm to announce that rain is coming. God is calling people like Scott, you know, to the business realm to announce that rain is coming. We need key people in key places to announce that rain is coming. Real governmental authority is when we begin to operate in places that people never thought the church should be operating in. Real authority. I decree that even politicians who are called by God, prophets that will rise up and begin to get into their place of governmental authority. Daniels and Josephs who will rise up. Are we that culture? Are we calling out to God for rain? Are we that culture? I know that that my spirit is stirred up to see America change. No, there was a divine announcement to me in Africa. Said, yeah, it's good that you're carrying. Said, in Africa, things will shake up. And I wouldn't even tell you how many doors opened up for us over there. But it's good that you're carrying something for Africa. He said, but, he said, but go back and carry this to America. And I said, whoa, Jesus, I received the impartation. Boldness to confront Ahab and to announce there's rain coming. There's rain coming. I can hear the sound of rain. There's an abundance of rain coming over Richmond. Richmond is a key city for America today. And I know it and I sense it in the spirit that what's happening here in Richmond will go out to the nations and will go out to this nation. This nation needs revival. It needs awakening. We awaken the church, the body of Christ that's been asleep. We awaken today. So I'm going to make a call today. You know, I do things a little different. I love a pastor. I don't know the prayer teams that are here today. You got the prayer teams here today. I just want to say that there's hidden prophets here. And God says, just enjoy the process. Because when I release you, when I release you in the house, and when I release you outside of this house, it's going to be awesome. I just hear the Lord saying, practice your gifts outside too, you know. Just grab somebody you don't, you know. Give them a word of knowledge and see, see what God is saying. If you missed it, come back to class on Tuesdays, right? Is it Tuesday? <laughs> Jesus. But practice your gifts. Release the anointing in your life to do what God called you to do.
So I'm going to make a call to here today. And if you want to call out deep, cause unto deep. You want to call out to God. You want, you want that rain to be on you. And you want God to just take you and just do whatever it is. There's a total surrender that happens. No? So there's a total surrender that happens in our lives. And we just come and we just say, okay, God, I let Holy Spirit just take full control, whatever He wants to do, and just take me and launch me to wherever He wants. Catapult me to wherever you want to catapult me. That total surrender on the altar, total surrender, just total surrender. So I'm going to make that call today, and I'm going to call you up here. If you want to just totally surrender, just say, God, I believe I'm one of those people that you have called. Oh, I'm one of those people that have been hidden. I'm one of those people that you have called to do amazing things. I'm calling out for revival. Calling out for rain.
I just feel that deliverance happens in the rain too. That God is delivering some people from some stuff, you know? You know, some stuff you pick up in the desert, you know? And he's announcing to you that there's rain coming in your dry place. Wherever you were having a famine, I announce that the rain is coming to that famine right now. You're meeting with God. There's deliverance happening in your life. You know, if you've been prayed for, I just want you to allow the ones from the back to come up front. It's the ones from the back to just come up front. Just, just keep coming. Keep coming up front. Yes.
know that it's a little bit unorthodox. But if you feel as though you need to leave, just I believe there's peace in the house to do so. But I, I want to just, everybody to extend their hands. And I want to call Pastor Doug and Pastor Cindy over here. I just feel as though that there's enough anointing in this house to just release grace over their lives. And I believe uh, you had a word. Church, as Pastor Doug was sharing, God put in my heart. This is not just for Pastor Doug, but also Pastor Jason. Chip, rifle. Lord said to Aaron, he said, Lord, Lord spoke to spoke to Moses saying speak to Aaron and his son saying this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel but when God speaks there's a reason behind it and in verse 27 says speak to them so they shall put my name my God's name on the children of Israel and then God says I will bless them so pastor this is what a God says said to me He's given you a a season of rest. And there is a priestly blessing over the pastors in the house to receive, to receive in this season. Because what brother shared, the, the job of the priest is to minister to the Lord. So that the Lord, what puts in you, puts in the pastors, is not just to be contained within them, but rather what he shares with you you have to put his name his word on the children of this church and when you do that through your giftings God says I will bless that so I church extend your hands towards the pastors Lord I just plead the blood of the lamb over the pastors in the house they are your ministers and you are ministering to them we bind, we take authority in the name of Jesus over every, every power of darkness and we nullify it for the authority that is in us. For the Lord says, I bless you, watch, God and keep you. I will make my face shine upon and I will enlighten and be gracious, kind, merciful, giving favor to you. So Father, I pray favor of God to receive a revelatory word. Word that is not comes from the heart, but rather the spirit of the God in them. That Lord will lift up his approving countenance upon you and give you peace. So that you can be at rest and fight from the place of peace and rest in him. So Father, as we extend our hand and come in agreement this moment, bless our pastors so that in turn they will share your word and through their gifts to us and you will bless us in Jesus name. Amen. We're going to be here. If you need prayer, love to pray with you. Okay. 
We do have a meeting right after our church meeting uh, for our ministry directors. And you know who you are if you've been invited to that. And we need you to help kind of... We're going to move some of the back section of chairs toward the the walls. And we need to bring some tables up here. Some six-foot tables about...